The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Baseball Insiders. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Robert Murray. Another big weekend of spring training action. Of course, this never gets old, never becomes drudgery when spring training is just continuing, continuing. But people are beasting. A couple of veterans have found new homes, and we're going to talk about it. Welcome in, as always, Fansiders MLB Insider, Robert Murray. How you doing, man? I'm great, man. How are you? Good weekend so far. Or well, it was a good weekend. So it's so I mean, yeah, that's the best part about it. It's still going so far. Let's go. Let's roll into Tuesday. Well, let's get it. I, I did get scooped on Will Smith, so that wasn't great. But hey, we uh we're we're still thriving. So that's that's okay. We're still thriving. We're thriving to the point where I thought you broke it. Uh so I will uh I will not congratulate you, but credit credit uh where credit's due. Uh you were right on it. If you didn't get it, you were you were right on it. Yeah, I, I was on it. I was sitting on it for like a good 24 hours. And yeah, the, the team scooped it. I was waiting for the physical to get done. But nonetheless, you know, we joked the other day about how sometimes some of our shows, I read off contract details. Yeah, I actually do have all the contract details for Will Smith. So we, we at some point we can get to that. So we, yeah, it's going to be an information pack show. That's we got to love it. I will see it right up. Um, I mean, if you love contract details as much as Robert and I do, and you know that we do, you can find us live on the Baseball Insiders. Uh, this comes uh, every Monday and Thursday at 3.30 Eastern. Uh, we were live on YouTube uh, at that time, twice a week, every week, all off-season long. Uh, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts, if you're looking for the audio feed as well. Uh, Robert, let's talk about Will Smith to start it off. Uh, our man, the left-hander has found a new spot. He is a Texas Ranger. He looks like a Texas Ranger. He always did. He always will. Uh, and we've got, a uh, officially a, a bullpen full of gunslingers in Texas and a team trying to revamp their pitching staff. Feels like a good bounce back candidate to me. Probably the market's best available for, for several weeks now. Why didn't a contender jump the Rangers in line for Will Smith? I was caught off guard with him still being on the market because considering his, his experience in postseason games, he's got experience closing in the world series. Um, and he's been a, a success or a, a very successful veteran for like the last decade or so. And the Rangers, they have familiarity with Will Smith, like Bruce Bochy managed him in San Francisco. And he also provides experience that they lacked is he's got more, uh, postseason career games or even or I think it's it might even be like saves than all of their other relievers combined 
and he provides that stability in the back end. Um, he's signed for cheap, like 1.5 million as a base for a guy with his with his level of performance in the in the past. Like you can't go wrong with that. And should I just go with this now, like for the contract details? Yes, now is the time, baby. Let's do it. Let's unleash him. Yeah, it is. Uh, let's see here. We got um, 1.5 million base, as I said, and you got 100k for 20 and 25 games each. Um, 125k each for 30, 25, 40, and 45 games. Uh, <laughs> we're just gonna keep going here. Uh, 150k <laughs> each for 50 and 55 games, and then um, let's see, we have like the typical other stuff too. So it's like, it's loaded with incentives. Basically there's a lot more, but like, that's like nitty, nitty, nitty gritty. Um, so it's, uh, it, one thing too, with the Rangers as well is they, they needed a Matt Moore replacement last year or last year. He was really dependable for me at an ERA under two and they didn't, they lost him in free agency. They didn't really sign anyone. They didn't sign a single reliever to replace him. And Will Smith, like it's going to be a little bit of a different role, but he provides that left-handed veteran reliever uh, that they sorely missed. And uh, yeah, I think I, I saw him potentially going back to a contending team, a team with more hope and more dreams. Uh, but if it's the Rangers, it's the Rangers. And, and clearly Nathan Avaldi, Jacob deGrom, John Gray, the last couple of years they're stockpiling guys in the rotation. And now they're trying to flesh out that bullpen a little bit. We've heard about Zach Britton's market for weeks now as well. Uh, we know the Cubbies are desperate for lefty relievers because the fans of the mentions keep chirping and telling us they're looking for lefties. What does his market look like in response to Will Smith landing on the Rangers? Yeah, I would imagine that's going to be the, he's going to be the player now that teams that missed out on Will Smith are going to focus on. And that's the thing is as of last check, there was nothing close. Um, I would imagine the Cubs are going to be in play here because they have been looking for a left-handed veteran. Um, the Dodgers have shown interest. Um, he recently held a workout, I want to say, in like within the last couple of weeks for teams. I think the Mets are also there, too. Um, There's a, a few others that were there as well. But as of last check, nothing was close. Still building his arm back up and everything. Um, I would imagine it's going to take a little bit of time before he signs, but I also don't know what he's looking for either. I've heard various different things and asking price. I mean, that could also be another reason why he's still out there too. Oh, it turns out we just lost Adam. So that's not great. But um, yeah, with, with the reliever market, that was, Hey, we got him back now. What's up, buddy. Am I, am I back? How am I doing? Yeah, you are back. You're, yeah. Much better. There you go. We missed you. It was uh, it was a dark time without Mr. Weinrib. I missed you too. I felt bad, but I would. I am happy to have returned on time. Yeah, I'll tell you. I was I was starting to do. I looked down at the rundown. I was like, okay, let's try to get back into this next. <laughs> yeah, hey, we figured it out. So we got that going for us. I never leave for more than a couple minutes. That's my promise. If I disappear in the middle of a stream, I will pledge to return about a minute or a minute thirty seconds later. Uh, that's the Weinrib guarantee. Wow, what a guy. Hey, a wider guarantee, does it get better than that? I don't think it does. I don't think it does. That's one thing about Adam is I've known you now for, what, a couple years now? Yeah. He's never let me down, not once. It's just not in his DNA. Except for earlier in the stream when I was all funky on video. But a wider guarantee is worth more 
then a Rangers guarantee to Will Smith. As far as I'm concerned, that's my pledge to all of you fine folks. Uh, there are no innings thresholds that accompany my guarantees either. Uh, as, as far as I know, I'm, I'm willing to, uh, you can pitch as much as you want for me. I don't care. I'll still guarantee it. No. And they, it's, you know what? That's one of, one of the many reasons why we love you, Adam. That's why you're an absolute G. So um, yeah, we, we appreciate you over here at the baseball insiders. I love you too, Robert. Happy to be back midstream. Very stressful time for me to have disappeared, but I have returned. And so has Mike Moustakis. He's a Colorado Rocky now. I feel like we've got some exciting things in the pipeline to talk about, but we might as well touch on this too. He's a Rocky now. So what team is going to be playing for in August? I mean, what are we looking at here? Do we really do we really think the Colorado Rockies are going to find a use for Mike Moustakis this season? Or, like, is there a C.J. Crone-like rebound incoming for Moose? Does he mostly stay at AAA Colorado Springs? I mean, is is what's his next home? Because I don't think the Rockies are anything more than a way station here. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. And it's it, it can go in a, a few different directions. I don't know this for sure, but I would imagine there's going to be a certain opt-out clause in his contract, just in case he's not in the majors at some point, so he can go to a different team with a better shot at the majors. Um, but um, he provides veteran experience in that organization and they desperately needed it after they lost Brendan Rogers, most likely for the season. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a devastating blow for them. Like he's one of their best players and losing him in spring training for, they were optimistic. It wasn't going to be like season ending, but it's kind of the reality they're facing now. And it's looking like Ryan McMahon is going to be in their primary second baseman with, um, with Moustakis and others being in play there at third base, but it's, it, it's, I don't know. You can't expect from Moustakis at this point, you can't expect too much just because, um, I mean, he had a really down season last year with the Reds. He struggled. Um, and it's like at this point of his career is a shell of what he was with the Brewers and the Royals, but, um, maybe he can be a bounce back guy where he can get a, like a prospect of some sort at the deadline who knows, but, um, I'm not expecting too much here from Moustakis. Unrelated but related, you and I were talking just a little bit last episode about the Dodgers infield is opening up. Uh, you know, maybe Isaiah Kiner-Falefa slides in there. We heard some of the same stuff about Brendan Rodgers and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and the Rockies. Uh, I've, I've seen rumors that the Dodgers had IKF talks earlier in the offseason. I've also seen rumors that the Rockies were asking after him. Do you feel like that's something that maybe gets revisited as well now that we have another young shortstop down for the count? Wait, sorry, you broke up there for a second. My mistake. Oh, all good. I mean, I'm just saying we've heard a little bit about the Rockies and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa in, yeah. uh, in previous months and those two sides touching base. I know you and I talked about him as a Dodger fit, but it yeah. feels like uh, you know two clubs in the NOS have both asked about him. They both just lost young shortstops. I mean, is that a dot we can connect a little bit? I think it, it does make some sort of sense, but at the same time, I don't necessarily know um, if that's going to be the direction that the Rockies are going to go in. Um, I don't think they're going to try to add that level of payroll because his contract, I don't know necessarily what it is, um, but I know it's, it's not a small contract. It might be what, seven or 8 million in that range. 6 million for the year. And, and that number is seared onto my brain. I wish I didn't, know that, but it is. <laughs> I, figured, yeah, I figured if there's anyone who would know that number, it would be you. Um, cause I know how much you love the Isaiah kind of contract. Yes. 
Yes. Um, but I, I would not get your hopes up. I think if we're talking potential trade suitors in the NL West between the Dodgers and Rockies for IKF, I think the Dodgers would be the more likely of the two. But that being said, I, I don't think any team is really going to be in a rush to trade for IKF. Um, maybe like it, it's weird too. I thought that Jose Iglesias might make sense for the Rockies. Doesn't seem like they're interested, um, hmm. which a little strange, but I don't know. We'll see. That's a bizarre one. Cause I mean, they had familiarity with him and it seemed to be a pretty successful marriage for a time. Um, yeah. Who, who knows? Uh, Jose Iglesias still waiting on somebody to come calling. Yuli Gurriel is asking if he wants, if he's got a, if he needs an extra for shuffleboard and Jose Iglesias keeps looking back at major league teams being like, do you guys need me? Or can I go, can I go hang out with Yuli Gurriel? And then apparently uh, not much else to do there. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you too, like, um, like speaking of like going back to Iglesias for a second, he seems like a perfect fit for the Dodgers, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm shocked that hasn't happened yet. I, I've checked and I've just gotten pure silence on that. So I don't know what to make of the pure silence, but um, I, I, if the Dodgers had it their way, I think Willie Adamas would be their guy, but the Brewers are just not, they're not in any hurry to move Adamas whatsoever. But, um, and Yuli Gurriel too, just a complete mystery. He changed agents like at some point in the middle of the off season, hoping to get a more lucrative contract. And like, I know all those, we've talked about it before. All those rumors suggested him as a possibility or like a strong likelihood for the Marlins. That was never the case. Um, just a really odd free agency. I don't, I just don't know where it ends up. It's, it, it's increasingly in my opinion, looking like he'll end up settling for a minor league contract at this point. Yeah. You hate to get ghosted by Iglesias. That's a tough way to spend your off season, but uh, apparently still going to be floating around the minor league contract brothers waiting for their new home. Uh, let's get exciting. Let's get weird. Let's talk about dudes who are forcing their way onto big league rosters. We can't avoid talking about Jordan Walker anymore. Is he going to be a St. Louis Cardinal on opening day? Uh, I don't know. He's having the Albert Pujols spring training. So maybe he's 20. He hit two more bombs Saturday against the Nationals. How do the Cardinals not find room for this absolute monster on the MLB roster? And whose job does he take? It's a very interesting question in multiple different facets here. I, I don't believe that Jordan Walker is going to be on the opening day roster. Like they, mm. they, I mean, maybe if it was the Braves, you know how they like to promote their guys. But the, the thing that the Cardinals have done um, in recent years and even recently is they're trying to not put too much pressure on Jordan Walker too early. Like he's gotten very limited um, minor league at bats. Um, like they still are trying to figure out what his position is going to be defensively but they don't want to put too much on his plate too early and promote him too early and then kind of mess him. Like they, they just, they want to be extra careful here and they have the luxury of being careful because um, let's say you put him in, in the infield. Um, well, let's, let's say he's going to end up being an infielder going forward right now. They have a, like they have plenty of infield depth. They have outfield depth too, just in case he is going to end up being an outfielder. Um, like they can, they're, they can afford to be patient with Walker and that's what they're going to do, but he's going to be a candidate to be called up likely in the early or well in the first half of the season. Um, I, I don't, I just don't know. I just like, I'll, all I know is that they're going to be really careful here with him. Um, and they don't want to promote him too early, but they are absolutely 
just tickled pink with what they have because he looks like a budding star. He's basically, I saw somebody compare, I think, compare his body to Giancarlo Stanton. And you know what kind of a physical specimen that Giancarlo Stanton is. I didn't think we'd ever see a comparison like that, but Walker, he's a unicorn. And if he can live up to that potential and he can find a spot defensively where he can sit, like he can play consistently, Cardinals are looking at another really, really, really like just dominant player and someone who they feel internally is their best prospect since Oscar Tavares. That's a name that evokes certain type of emotion, uh, but also it's incredible to hear that comparison. And, and Walker, it's just effortless. You watch it, and the power is effortless. It spills off his bat, and like Giancarlo Stanton, kind of just flicking these oppo shots 420 feet out deep into right center. Um, I'm obviously eyeing the St. Louis Cardinals outfield now as a potential trade hotbed just because Walker may not be on the opening day roster, but he's going to force his way into action sooner rather than later. The Cardinals love their versatility. They love their depth. They're not going to rush to get rid of anybody. You and I were sort of tooting that horn of like, for a while we were expecting them to maybe go for Danny Jansen. Maybe they dangle a Lars Newtbar. They don't want to do that. Danny Jansen seems pretty settled in Toronto at this point. Does Walker's emergence make a Cardinals outfield trade more plausible? You got Alec Burleson, Juan Yepes, Dylan Carlson, Newt Barr, Brendan Donovan playing a little infield, outfield hybrid. There's all sorts of names that they're going to have to take care of. But the St. Louis Cardinals seem inclined to just say, well, we'll keep them. We'll, we'll take our six potential young studs. Do you think yeah. there's going to be any movement there? Or are they just sort of saying, hey, add Jordan Walker to the mix. We'll keep everybody. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up just saying we'll add Jordan Walker to the mix and we won't look to trade anyone um, because as you like, as they know very well in St. Louis Cardinal land injuries happen, like it's happened primarily with their pitching in recent years. Um, but like it, it can happen to the offense and they're going to try to be mindful of that. Um, and uh, especially in their off-field, too, is they – who is it? They, Corey Dickerson was their primary number four off-fielder last year. Mm -hmm. uh, he did not return. Um, so they're going to be looking for someone to step up there as well. Um, but – and also, it's it's strange, too, because you mentioned the Cardinals' trade possibilities. They had um, Dylan Carlson, um, who was mentioned in trade rumors in the last, what is it, let's say six to 12 months in that range. That was, I don't think that was ever necessarily real. Um, did they listen? Sure. Like, I mean, any, any team listens, but they were never really looking to trade him at all uh, from what I've gathered. Same with Lars Newbar. They love, love, love Lars Newbar. Um, they think he can really step up and be a, a dependable option there in the outfield as well. Plus, how can you not love a guy whose name is Newbar? Like, that's freaking awesome, man. Wait, have I told you that story about my first ever autocorrect with Lars Newtbar? Yes, yeah, slamming on Tootbar, of course. Yeah, slamming on Tootbar. Yeah, that's brutal. That was unbelievable. I still can't believe that happened. Like, I texted that, and I was absolutely mortified. Um, but, yeah, like I, I would imagine they're going to end up trying to have as much depth as they possibly can because if you look at a lot of their outfield options, um, and the, it's cheap. And they're going to, there's eventually going to come a time where they might have to think about extending Tyler O'Neill, uh, but we're not at that point either. And he's relatively inexpensive, especially for what they think he can be. Um, Cause what was it? Two years ago, he was 
like borderline MVP candidate. Last year he struggled, but they think he'll end up like bouncing back and and being much better uh, this year. The freaking Cardinals. They're overloaded. They're overloaded and they don't care. They just want to win the NL Central and they want to bring uh, Wilson Contreras along for the ride and bother the Chicago Cubs. Pretty good formula. Not bad. Uh, much less dissent going on in St. Louis than there is in Milwaukee right now, for sure. Um, couple other hot spring training starts that have my attention and have me watching. Uh, and, and we all know it comes with the caveat spring training, pretty meaningless, pretty meaningless, unless it's not like the, the, the you know, the numbers are not going to translate directly to opening day. You're not going to roll out of bed on opening day and do the same thing you were doing in spring training. That said, can't help but be impressed by Jason Dominguez. Can you go ahead home run on Sunday? That's his second home run of the spring. One from each side of the plate went down and got one. Not going to make the New York Yankees opening day roster, but opening a lot of eyes and making it obvious why he was getting the Mike Trout, Bo Jackson comparisons a couple of years ago. Anthony Volpe also running through Yankee spring training so far and looking like he belongs. Dominguez not going to make the opening day roster. No chance. Zero percent. He's 20 years old. He has 15 games at double A. Not a concern. Volpe's the one who Yankee fans are watching, though, and going, is the team taking this shortstop competition seriously, or have they already ruled him out? What are you hearing on the potential that he could break camp with the team? So I'm, I'll preface this. I'm not hearing anything on this. But that being said, he should break camp. His case is strong, and he looks ready. He's a, he's a When he debuts, I think he's going to end up being a star. We're already seeing glimpses of that, and like – and we also got to be careful too. Spring training is much different from like regular season baseball. But that being said, this is exactly what the organization has envisioned from Volpe for years. This is why they've prevent or they, this is why they have not traded him because they've had plenty of inquiries about a potential trade. This is why they didn't add Carlos Correa or any other premium shortstop in the last couple of years is because they wanted to have shortstop available for Volpe and to me, they, they should have him on the opening day roster. I am very curious where you stand on this, Mr. Weinrib. Ooh, we cracked my knuckles. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough because Oswald Peraza is an upgrade over Isaiah Kiner-Falefa at shortstop. Anthony Volpe appears to be an upgrade over Oswald Peraza at shortstop as well. I would love for them both to start alongside each other at second and short, but for a team with world series aspirations, I do not enjoy sending Glaber Torres off the roster before the season starts and just saying, no, thanks. Like I know we came up short offensively last year, but we're good with the second baseman who had a, you know, 115 OPS plus last year and was great, 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 horrible in August, great in September. Like, I don't want to just shrug aside Glaber Torres. Now, it might have made more sense. I would love to get Josh Donaldson off the roster. That'd be great. It might have made more sense to trade Peraza at last year's deadline, maybe this offseason for a big-time upgrade on the in the rotation somewhere else. I don't know. I'm not a GM for a reason. Pablo Lopez, maybe that's somebody we do that with. Um there were opportunities to clear out either Peraza or Torres and clear a path for Volpe, but they weren't taken. And so now it would feel funky to say, just throw Glaber Torres to the curb, send him to Miami and, and throw caution to the wind with both of those prospects in the middle infield. 
Yeah, and that's that's the situation they want to avoid. And it's ultimately last year I thought Torres was going to go to Miami for Pablo Lopez. Like that that well documented at this point that the deal was close, but ultimately it never happened. But um, they're insisting patience with Torres. They, as you said, they don't want to throw him to the curb. But um, if it, if he can help you once Volpe debuts and he shows that he can handle major league pitching then I think that conversation could be a little bit more interesting, but you're not going to just throw them away for pennies. Um, if you can get a meaningful upgrade in the rotation, especially with Frankie Montas, is, is he officially off for the year? Apparently he's actually not. Um, yeah, I, that was I, weird following that Yeah, one. I wouldn't hold my breath and cry. I know how much you love Frankie Montas and you're super <laughs> nervous about him coming back. Um, yeah. They're claiming he is going to be – uh, shut down for three months. The surgery wasn't as thorough a scope as they thought. And he could be, I guess that would mean he could be back in August, but I'm not holding my breath for that one. No, I, I, I wouldn't blame you either. I mean, that's because it's basically been since he was acquired by the Yankees, he's been an injury question mark and he's been dealing with injury concerns. And um, it's, it would be best for, in, in my opinion, for the Yankees to operate like Montas is going to be out for the year. And if you can acquire a starting pitcher early on, that's a meaningful upgrade, you do it. And I still think, I mean, there's plenty of different options that they could end up going after, uh, not on the free agent market at this point, but I still think the Twins would make a whole lot of sense as a trade partner because they have, I mean, they have guys who are going to be on expiring contracts. Um, I mean, obviously, as I've said before, Sonny Gray is not going to be one of them. <laughs> no. Um, no, but I still think there's a there's a trade fit there. Um, I just don't know necessarily what it would look like. And I would imagine that the twins are probably not going to be in a hurry to take Josh Donaldson's contract back. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a little bit of an interesting one uh, to say the least. Yeah. Donaldson and Connor Falefa for Max Kepler. Call it in. Um, what, did I not tell you, did I not tell you by the way that I, I wasn't really interested in Max Kepler for the Yankees left field void, but I did say he's going to look great coming out of the gate in spring training. And it's going to make me reevaluate that. Five for twelve with a homer, hitting four seventeen with a one point three 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 repeating OPS. Just uh, to make that clear, unbelievable trade Volpe and Jason Dominguez for him straight up. Yeah, yeah. no, don't um, actually. Um, do that. Yeah. yeah, a Martian megastar package directly to the Minnesota Twins, probably worth considering. A uh, couple more spring training folks that uh, you can't help but be attracted to: Jared Kelnick. And his four home runs for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, hand up, I was starting to write Jared Kelnick off a little bit. Um, and I was definitely starting to look back on Kelnick for Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano. Are we sure that was a horrific trade for the Mets? And maybe uh, the, the strange uh, retroactive trade grading, people are starting to realize that maybe the Mets giving up Pete Crow Armstrong for Javi Baez was a worse trade than giving up Kelnick for Edwin Diaz. But all of a sudden, Kelnick's kind of looking like that five-tool superstar that we thought the Mets were surrendering a couple of years ago. Uh, are you seeing tangible progress there, or is this just one of those classic early spring training mirages? I'm going to give Kelnick the benefit of the doubt here. Hitting four home runs early on in spring training, he's looking much more like him, like the version of Jared Kelnick that the Seattle Mariners thought they were getting. And it's crazy how the narrative of that trade changed because instantly when that trade happened, Brody Van Wagenen was he got ripped to shreds and how can you give up Jared Kellenic? Cause he was about as can't miss as it gets. And he was going to be a superstar and Edwin Diaz. I mean, trading that for a closer, that's tough. 
that's really tough. But Van Wagenen, he was adamant about it. He he obviously made the move. And Robinson Cano was also involved in that trade, which I completely forget at times. Um, it's a fascinating move. And now the narrative on that is completely changed. Diaz signed the most lucrative contract in, for a closer in baseball history, five years for 102 mil. And Kalanick has been, to this point, a bust. I'm optimistic that Kalanick will be able to bounce back. And if you look at that outfield, if Kalanick bounces back, you have Julio Rodriguez, who is arguably the most exciting young outfielder in the game of baseball besides, what, Juan Soto? I mean, that's a pretty juicy little tandem there. Plus, you have their pitching that they have. There's other young outfielders or young, other young hitters on that team, too. That The Mariners look really freaking good. Um, so I'm, I'm optimistic that Kalnick is going to be able to bounce back. I'm hopeful that – or I'm, I'm hopeful, too, at the same time. And if it does happen, then the Mariners are going to be like increasingly looking um, like a prominent threat in the American league. And I also forgot to mention Teoscar Hernandez. Like that was their big addition. Like, boy, oh boy. I, they're, they're, they're loaded. And it's, it's just, it's fun to think because baseball being a good thing in, or baseball being back in Seattle is a great thing. We got to see it last year with the longest postseason game, what seemed like my life. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's cool to have them back like that. I was thinking about Teoscar too. That that's a team. Luis Castillo is there forever. He's been extended. Like they think they could print bullpen arms. They're probably right. They printed a couple last year. Uh, Matt Brash, my guy. Keep an eye out for him too. Uh, I I love the Seattle Mariners, and they're going to be the hipster pick. Like we talked about last week to beat the Astros. <laughs> to beat the Astros in the AOS until they actually do it. And then everybody's going to be like, "I told you so." See, there you go. Mm-hmm. No, I'm telling you, that's. I wonder what their odds are to win the World Series. I genuinely do because like, it's not—it's not like it's not a bad pick. No, it's—I mean, if we're talking about a wild card, they make a whole lot of sense. I mean, if you're picking teams to win the World, if you're betting on teams to win the World Series at this point, you're probably not picking the Mets, Braves, Astros, Yankees, Dodgers, Padres. You're probably going to want to dig a little deeper. And the Cardinals, the Mariners, not bad. No, not bad at all. And boy, I'll tell you that. The the the, uh, the postseason hunts for baseball this year are going to be a freaking blast. American League, as we're mentioning now, with that, and then we also got the National League too: Dodgers, Padres, the loaded NL East. Like, oh my gosh, playoff talk already before opening day. But gotta freaking love it, man. Good well, I mean, yeah, we're we're gonna do our full like full season prediction. I think we just gotta wait and see uh, these injuries shake out a little bit, getting a little nervous. I, I, that's, this is the part of spring training that makes me uncomfortable just because we're so close to the regular season. It's so tantalizing. Opening day is right there and somebody's dropping every couple of days. You're just crossing your fingers saying, I, I really hope that the people I'm excited to watch make it to opening day intact. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Which brings us to Andrew Painter, which, uh, again, like Jason Dominguez, super young, probably not someone you're going to see in the big leagues this year, though I would say maybe it's more likely than Dominguez. Uh, But Painter's 19 years old. He's running through Philly's camp. We talked about him alongside Kyle Harrison a couple episodes ago, basically saying, like, these are the burners. These are the dudes who are taking over the early narrative conversation and he's got a, an elbow examination, a, a tender elbow. Uh, of course he does because we were having fun. And, and so now we get to not have fun anymore. Um, are you hearing any updates on, on painters tender elbow? And, and I know at some point the team was somewhat optimistic, but then again, it's hard to be optimistic at all when you've got a kid exhibiting these symptoms. Yeah. Anytime you hear young pitcher and elbow mentioned in the same sentence, that's kind of terrifying. And the fact that we haven't heard an update yet, is to me worrisome um i mean some people believe that no news is good news but i'm maybe i'm a pessimist or or whatever but if they if there was good news they would be in a rush to share it um so i'm, I'm holding my breath here and if painter let's say he, he does need surgery of some sort on his elbow that's a crusher for for the phillies like i don't know necessarily how much you would com- how much you would contribute at the major league level this year but he is somebody that the organization is extremely excited about. And being 19 years old, pitching in major, in major league spring training and having Carlos Correa call you a future star. I mean, you can't find many arrows that are pointed more upward than, than Andrew Painter. Um, so I'm hopeful that he'll end up being okay, but it's, it's a scary one. And it's a reality that I'm hoping that the Phillies don't have to like worry about necessarily, but, um, yeah, anytime you hear elbow and pitcher, that's just, it's not good. That's scary. And it's one of those where, again, we are having all the fun in the world at spring training. You know, we're asking him about his favorite music and he says, you know, I love oldies. I love early two thousands and we're rolling our eyes like, man, that hurts to hear like that stings, but we're having all that early camp fun. And then all of a sudden it just comes crashing down and, and I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. Um, as someone who is always nervous about injuries and who's always monitoring, it does feel like the good news comes out quickly. Maybe there's a two day gap between good, like between the initial exam and bad news. And you kind of feel like the whole world has forgotten about it, except you and you're refreshing Twitter. Like something's going to cut. like, you gotta, you gotta tell me something. And of course, eventually you usually find that negative nugget that you're uh, not looking for, but also looking for. So I'm, I'm not feeling good about this either. 
No, it's it's scary, and I'm hopeful. Or I'm hoping that we're both wrong, um, but it's just it's hard to be optimistic um, in a case like this. And um, yeah, and it's the, the Phillies are fortunate too. They have the internal depth um, to overcome a potential injury for this, but it's still it's it sucks for baseball because I, he's the kind of guy that this is what I picture from Andrew Painter potentially this year is Phillies make it to the postseason and Painter is starting to really get into his all like going into the postseason there and he becomes a key contributor and is a potential like I don't want to say a World Series MVP but somebody who ends up being a huge contributor for him in the NLCS or even the World Series or whatever and yeah it just I don't know it sucks I'm, I'm hoping that it's not season ending but yeah I don't know we'll we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait for the official word from the Phillies because they're they're adamant about not seeing anything right now certainly could be a K-Rod candidate. Like that's the thought that immediately jumps to mind. These guys, we start trying out in September, like, eh, got a couple more innings on his arm. Might as well see what he can do in the, in the big show. Um, I was talking about this with Dominguez a little bit earlier uh, to a couple friends. Like, yeah, he's not going to be on the opening day roster. It's not going to be up in the middle of the summer. It's not going to be the Yankees starting left fielder, but he's got a couple bullets left in September. Maybe that's just a pinch running, but a pinch hitting button you press. And then maybe that's somebody you carry on the playoff roster. If things get truly nuts, Painter felt like a logical fit there. No, it absolutely did. And as soon as you said, let's get nuts, I thought of uh, George Costanza with want to get nuts. Let's get nuts. Cause that's exactly what it is. We found we've been lacking on Seinfeld references. So that's, it's good to have that back. Yeah. I, I got to prepare him. We got to do another segment of Seinfeld quotes as, as players. It's been far too long. Yeah, that's yeah, that's something we got to do before opening day. Although I'm going on vacation starting next week, so that could be a little, a little tough. But we'll 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 we'll, we'll figure it out. I'm pretty well. Confident. Now I know what I'm going to pull together for your return episode. So like, oh my gosh, no, no Find pressure. A comeback episode than that, like I dare you. That's not possible. Yeah. That's the regular season preview. I think that's pretty set in stone. Uh, that it's, you just clarified a lot of things for me. That'll be that'll be fun. There we um, go. I'm telling you, that's that's gonna be my favorite episode of all time. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been long. It's been long enough. I got a lot of problems with you people, and we're going to talk about them. Um, <laughs> before we sign off today, uh, World Baseball Classic begins in earnest tomorrow night. Players are already departing. Cuba at Netherlands, 11 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Uh, probably not going to be tuning into that one, but I will be watching the action that, that mostly takes place on U.S. soil at different hours. I will also be there. Uh, for the quarterfinals and semifinals in Miami in about a little under two weeks. So if you're there in Miami, uh, the weekend of March 18th, 19th, holler at me. I'll be at the, uh, I'll be at the stadium eating uh, Cubano sandwiches and drinking Cuban coffee. Uh, the rosters are insane. Uh, there are definitely like a couple of rosters. Oh, there are a couple of rosters that just pop and you're like, how is that? That's not legal, right? You can't actually do that. You can't put that on a field. Um, I'm looking at the Dominican Republic infield specifically. They they lost Vlad Jr. He was scratched. Like, oh, that sounds like a death knell for any team to lose a hitter that good. Nope. Willie Adamas, Wander Franco, Rafael Devers, Manny Machado, Patel Marte, Gene Segura, Jeremy Pena, and two player coaches in Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz. That's a holy shit roster. Um, I don't know if you've got I don't know if you've got a team that you're specifically eyeing where you're like, I can't wait to see that combination of players take the field japan otani darvish roki sazaki munitaka murakami we've heard so much about those guys and now it's like 
they're going to get the chance to shine as well. I don't know if anybody has your attention. For me, that Dominican infield cannot be beat because that's just – it's stupid. No. It's, it goes too deep. There are two infields there. Yeah, it's absurd. It, honestly, it, it, it's crazy because it kind of reminds me of the Padres infield. It's just <laughs> it, it is. It's like you look at that name and it's basically either a fantasy baseball team or a game you, or a, a team you put together in MLB The Show. Like it, It's that stacked. And like to not – well, I was going to say to not be obvious, but you look at Japan – I'll tell you, it is really cool seeing the reactions to what Shohei Otani when he's hitting his home runs and just how the the crowd responds, even anything that Otani does. Like I saw some videos that were posted by the Major League Baseball social channel today. They exploded. Like Jap or Japan loves Shohei Otani. He's so good for the game of baseball. He's made it. I mean, he's he's just it's so cool seeing his impact and like seeing the videos there, seeing the Dominican Republic, the U.S. roster is also loaded too. Like, I'll tell you, it's this is going to be fun. Like, usually I don't follow WBC that closely, but this year, like, I'll actually be pretty in tune with it. Yeah, I, I I can't remember when I started following it last time. Like when I actually tuned in, probably around the time uh, like the Adam Jones catch in in San Diego, and it was like, oh, this U.S. run might be for real, but. I, I've got eyes on a couple of these rosters. I, I, Vinny Pascantino and Sal Freilich in Italy. Uh, Italy, you've caught my eye, I, I got to admit. Um, you know, Venezuela and Nicaragua are always insane. Uh, but how about uh, Lars Newfar and, and Tommy Edmund are, are both competing for their home countries out there on, on rosters that you never would have expected. And Joanna Cespedes is on Cuba. He's not in the major leagues anymore, but he's on the Cuban roster. Um, yeah, actually, I forgot about Cespedes and being on the Cuban roster. Like that's also like, speaking of Lars Newbar, there was a video the other day that was posted. Um, I can't remember what social channel, but he was in the middle of the club or he was in the middle of the dugout and they were doing like a team hype up, whatever. But he he couldn't hear anything that was going on. And he turned to his translator and asked, what are they saying? And the translator went, I couldn't hear shit. And it just like <laughs> it was freaking great. And yeah, I'll t- God, I'm I'm excited for it, man. It's, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm very excited for it. Yeah, Lars Newbar on Team Japan. That that's just cool. Like Freddie it Freeman is. on Team Canada. Edmund is on Team Korea. Like it just it works. It, it's it a does. great way to grow the game. Yeah, and I I will say I can't remember the exact tweet, but Fabian Ardaya uh, of the Athletic, friend of the program, um, yeah. he he had probably the most cringeworthy tweet that I've ever seen about Freddie Freeman. <laughs> it was it's. Be better, Fobbs. Please, just it'd be better. Yeah, <laughs> love you, Fobbs. Fobbs, <laughs> you blew it. Uh, yeah, friend of the show. Would love to uh, have him on soon and specifically grill him on his bad, cringy tweets. Um, no, probably, yeah, probably not talk about anything else. Probably just uh, no Dodgers <laughs> questions. Just uh, absolute cringy tweets. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, that could fill a five-hour show. <laughs> we'll we'll start streaming for five hours. YouTube loves watch hours, so the longer we go, uh, you know, we'll we'll pump that up to five hours. Uh, the roast of Fabian Ardaya, and we'll we'll do that in a, in the middle of April. Uh, that Can't is wait. uh that that'll be great. Can't wait. That's it for this specific episode, though. Uh, neither of us had any cringeworthy tweets this week. I don't think uh, the the week is young. Like we said, great weekend, and it's only just getting started. The whole week is the weekend, uh, and and maybe I'll I'll pop up some cringy tweets before the week is over. Uh, but until then, you can get ready for us again on Thursday, 3.30 Eastern. And if you miss this show, if you're coming into the end of the live feed, you want to hear the whole thing, good news, the audio feed is up on all podcast platforms. 
Apple, Google, Spotify, and truly anything else that you use. You can find us there. But subscribing to the YouTube channel is the best thing you could do at this point in time. Makes us feel good. And Robert, where does it put food exactly? Oh, it puts it on my table and eventually in my belly. And that's that's you, you can't find anything better than that because I, I love my food. I actually am very hungry right now, so I'm going to be stuffing my face with food. Uh, thanks to all you guys for subscribing. Um, so I, I appreciate you for, for letting me eat today. I am too. It's 4.14 Eastern time and I really want food. Oh, it's 4.15. Okay, it's dinner time. Um, I don't know why that is, but I'm also absolutely starving today. Yeah, I'm start. I'm I'm thinking about getting some Chipotle. I think that might might end up being the move. So I got well. my stomach got warped by Virginia food. I was in Charlottesville over the weekend. A uh, beautiful place, Moe's Barbecue. Highly recommend if you haven't been. It's a big old turkey platter, potato salad, slaw, Ooh. hush puppies. Saturday night. And since then, my stomach is like, you should be eating like that every day. And I'm like, bro, no, I don't think so. I can't do that. But right no. now, I, I need it. Yeah, I, I, I feel you on that. But I, I, I have not done this in a while, but I got to deliver a food take. Please. Potato salad, that needs to be thrown in the garbage. That stuff is absolutely huge. <laughs> no, okay. People bring it to like picnics and barbecues or whatever, but nobody can tell me with a straight face that they enjoy potato salad. It is disgusting. I'm going to just go, What I think, so I, I like an individual serving a potato salad, but I think... It's a funky share. When you're dipping one serving spoon in there at a picnic and you're doling and everybody's taking a little bit, putting it on their plate, it's a little bit like you're dipping into a soup. Like it's hard to, it's hard to tell where your portion ends and somebody else's begins. It's easy to start feeling like you're all sharing one big bowl of soup. I find that to be disgusting. Yeah, that's, you're not wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you on that, but it's just, that deviled eggs too. People bring that and just ugh, gross. I don't know. That's not good. I, I, I could go in uh, hours and upon hours here of, of food takes, but I'll, I'll leave you with those two potato salad, deviled eggs. Those are good ones. Well, if you're subscribing and you're putting food on Robert's table, just know that it's the right kind of food. It's not deviled eggs. It's not potato salad. It's the good stuff. It's Chipotle. Uh, we'll get gassed up. We'll see you again on Thursday. Thanks so much for joining us today, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.